Our commanding general and his staff were receiving an intelligence briefing that required the use of projectors to show maps in Norway with symbols for Norwegian military units. The captain conducting the briefing explained what each image represented. Our eagle-eyed general spotted a narrow racetrack-shaped image at the top of the screen and said, uh, Just a moment, Captain. What's that symbol up there? The captain stopped dead in his tracks, looked at his notes, and replied, Sir, that's a paperclip. Major G.P. Mandis. I work in an office that manages the personnel records of members of the Army Reserve. One day we got a call from a unit informing us that a reservist listed was female, not male, as the computer's database indicated. We replied that we would simply pull up the file and change the sex of the soldier. Our sergeant major overheard and quietly remarked, Isn't it amazing what they can do with computers? Captain Rene Straub it was early morning at Fort Ord, California, and the first sergeant was calling out names for the daily work parties listed on a piece of paper. Ames, here. Jensen, here. Jones, here. Magurski, here. Seaback. Seaback. Seaback! At that point, someone whispered into the first sergeant's ear. He looked again at what the last word really said and quickly turned over the list and continued calling the names printed on the other side. Larry D. Wade During Operation Desert Storm, our convoy had been warned about landmines and told to proceed with caution while we made camp somewhere in Iraq. Bending down to hold a tent stake, I could feel a vibration run through my body. I quickly stood up, and the vibrating ceased. But when I knelt down again, it resumed. Springing to my feet, I shouted, Clear the area! I think I'm standing on a landmine! My whole life flashing before me, I put my hands into my pockets. There, to my relief and embarrassment, I discovered my own personal landmine, a battery-operated razor. Sergeant Matthew S. Hines Three weeks into boot camp at Bainbridge, Maryland, I still hadn't got used to Navy cooking and was surviving on milk and desserts. In one chow line, I picked up the biggest piece of cake available, and I set it on my tray. The mess cook behind the counter saw the gleam in my eye, and he asked me if I'd like two pieces. When I eagerly answered that I would, the cook leaned over and cut my piece of cake in two. Jack Leonard At sea aboard the USS Saipan, I was passing by the ship's galley and overheard two sailors, a veteran and a new seaman, talking while they were on mess duty. Hey, Bill, asked the younger, what's the difference between a cook and a chef? Simple, answered his shipmate, a chef doesn't have tattoos. Major K.I. Sepp. My uncle, an army major, had just arrived at his duty assignment in Germany and was passing through the cafeteria line in the officer's mess. Confronted by a wide array of choices, he asked an enlisted man behind the counter, What's good here, soldier? That discipline, sir came the snappy reply. Alvis Surraus. I was a second lieutenant in the Army, learning to fly light aircraft at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. One day I made a perfectly smooth landing, at last. To my horror, when I stepped on the brakes, nothing at all happened. What'll I do now, I shouted to my instructor. The brakes failed. I'm not surprised, he growled. We're still two feet in the air. Darwin Adams, Jr.
Upon completing Army Airborne training at Fort Benning, Georgia, I was granted leave and waited at the local airport for my flight. A teenager approached and told me that he was about to go into basic training. Eyeing my dress green uniform and airborne wings, he exclaimed, Wow, you actually jumped out of an airplane? No, I was pushed five times. Private Kenneth M. Bussler. When I was a buck sergeant assigned to the 82nd Airborne Division,